Macworld Podcast, number 10, October 5th, 2005. Hey all you Mac heads out there, welcome to another edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Sarus Faravar. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about blogging tips. Uh, we've got a great interview set up with our own uh, Dory Smith. She has a very interesting article in the November issue talking about blogging tools, comparing some of the different types of blogging options that you have, hosted versus non-hosted, uh, touched a little bit on Flickr as well. Also, I just wanted to point out in the November issue, we've got a whole great package of interesting things, of uh, various web tips, mostly doing a browser roundup, and we have the blogging thing, and a few other items, um, so you may want to check that out as well. On to this morning, actually, when the this podcast was released on the Macworld website, we're going to have the full article uh, for the blogging tips also available at macworld.com, so feel free to check out that as well. I just wanted to touch on something that is in actually this month's virtual CD. If you're a subscriber, if you look on page two, you can find the special URL for the Macworld Virtual CD. Every month we put together a collection of various special content that is only accessible if you buy or subscribe to the magazine. So check that out. It's my sort of you know project as well. In addition to doing the podcast, I put together the Virtual CD. So anyway, if you have access to the Virtual CD, I would also encourage you to go check out some of the things that we've put together there. We've compiled a list of, of 12, um, six of my favorite Safari add-ons and six Firefox plugins. And I just wanted to touch on one in a little bit of detail right now. We have for Firefox, which, you know, if you haven't discovered it already, I think it's definitely, in my opinion, the best browser out there. It's open source. That means it's extremely hackable. It means you can use it. And I don't mean hackable in the bad sense. I mean hackable in the good sense. That means, you know, you can get it to work for you. So there are lots of plugins that will let you do things that other browsers don't have. Probably the best plugin, if there's any plugin out there that you should get for Firefox, um, it's one called Grease Monkey. Basically, what Grease Monkey does is it allows you to sort of remix and rewrite web pages how you like to see them. So it allows you to, to run JavaScripts on top of existing web pages, and that makes the web pages look how you want. So for, what's a good example of this? Well, say you read the New York Times a lot on the web. So if you're like me, you find it difficult probably to read the text of the article with the advertisements and the photographs and the diagrams and all of those kinds of things, you know, splotched throughout the main body of the text. So the easiest way to read it on a screen is just solid text. So how do you do that? You just go to the print-friendly button and it shows you as print-friendly. But that's kind of annoying. Every time you want to read an article, you click the thing. Um, but if you have... There's a if you have Grease Monkey installed, you can get a Grease Monkey script that will automatically every time you click a New York Times article will allow you to read articles in print only mode, so you don't have to mess around with the other format, and it just makes it a lot easier. So if you haven't downloaded Firefox, go get it. It also has much better um, ad blocking uh, and pop up window blocking than Safari or any of the others that are out there. So I would, you know, please do check that out. And like I said, if you're on the virtual CD, um, you can find this linked all up on there. And uh, if you see stuff that, that, you know, that you think should be on the virtual CD in future issues, please do email me because um, I'm always looking for new stuff and I can't keep my eye on everything that's out there. Anyway, 
we'll jump right back into blogging. If you're following along with the magazine, uh, you probably want to turn to page 62. Uh, we've got the article called, called "We've got the article called The Best Blogging Tools for Mac" by Dory Smith, and where she looks at you know all the hosted ones, you know, um, TypePad and and or excuse me, the non-hosted ones, TypePad and Blogspot, and then the hosted ones that require that you have your own server, either you know at your house or at um, you know, hosted somewhere else, which would be movable type and WordPress. Um, there's also some ones that she didn't get into, for example, uh, LiveJournal and Zanga, which are, again, will be all linked up in the show notes. These don't require hosting, and they're slightly different than blogs. I mean, there's a matter of debate as to whether these can, can be considered blogs. In my opinion, they're basically blogs. They're online journals. They're sort of, you know, where people express their thoughts and pontificate about whatever. But, you know, if you are unsatisfied with TypePad or Blogspot, these are some other alternatives as well. So we'll cut right to the interview that I had with Dory Smith. Uh, once again, the interview is done over Skype from her home in Healdsburg, California, which is just north of the Bay Area. So we hope you enjoy that. Dory, thanks for m- so much for being on the Macworld podcast. We're here to talk about blogging tools and an article that you wrote for the November issue of Macworld. And... Let's go over, first of all, some of the, one of the main things that I think is most popular for people who don't bother with web hosting is some of the ones that are hosted uh, for free or for relatively cheaply, um, and those would be the Blogspot blogs and, and TypePad. Maybe you could walk us through some of the differences between those. Well, the biggest difference is something you just hinted at a little bit, is that one of them charges and one of them doesn't. Uh, TypePad, you get 30 days for free, and after that they charge you $5 or up per month, depending on uh, which service level you use. Blogspot is free and more or less worth what you pay for it. On the other hand, if you've never ever had a blog before and are just thinking about, well, maybe I should try one of these things, it's a great place to start out just to see if this is for you, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Now, what? Why would you pay for something? Is there a huge advantage to TypePad? I mean, you do pay for it, but so why would you pay for something when you can get it for free? Well, TypePad has a lot more features to it. Like uh, what? Uh, basically, for movable type is just a much uh, more powerful system, I found, than Blogger, which is uh, what Blogspot is based on. For and instance, just to be clear, Movable Type and TypePad are the same company. Movable Type part and TypePad are the same company. Right. And Blogger and Blogspot are the same company. Right. Uh, it's just in each case there is a lower end hosted version. Right. Uh, so go ahead, you were talking about TypePad. Uh, TypePad, for instance, has categories uh, and it has more powerful. Uh, Things that you can do, for instance, with photos. If you're uploading pictures, it will automatically create thumbnails, which is just an incredibly useful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, once you put up a few pictures, it's a pain having to do little thumbnails yourself. Mm-hmm. What about Blogspot? Does it have... I mean, you said it, it's worth it for being free. It's really a useful thing if you've never done it before and you just want to see if this is worthwhile or if you're doing... I've known a number of people who've done limited time weblogs. You know, it's just to keep people informed about some upcoming event, or if you want 
multiple authors. TypePad and its two lower levels. TypePad actually has three service levels. TypePad, TypePad Plus, TypePad Pro. Its two lower service levels don't allow multiple authors. If you want multiple people to be able to modify uh, a weblog, then Blogspot is a great and free way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a blog of your own? Uh, absolutely. I've actually been blogging continuously since 1999, and my blog is Backup Brain, which is at BackupBrain.com. That's a lot of years of blogging. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny sometimes because you, you run across people who said, you know, weblog started in 2001. It's funny, I was blogging for two years before that. <laughs> so. Um, so what do you... You know, I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a while, and I don't think some of these services probably existed when you started. But knowing what you know now, what would you suggest for someone who wants to get in? Probably go with the Blogspot route. If you're just starting off, start with Blogspot, just mm-hmm. because it's free. And a lot of people start off blogs and they blog for a little while, and then they decide they're just not that interested and it's not for them. Mm-hmm. And it's the best way to go if you're just not sure if this is something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started off with Blogger because that was what was out there in 99. Mm-hmm. And after about two, three years, we moved over to Movable Type. And we've been with Movable Type since, I think, uh, 2002. And we actually love it. It's great. It's been very good for us. Right. Now, I guess now Movable Type and WordPress, to me, sort of seem like the sort of more advanced versions of Blogger and Typehead. Uh, you know, it requires that you install those pieces of software onto a server, either on your own server or one that's hosted somewhere else. How difficult is it to sort of get involved in that? It depends on how comfortable you are, like, for instance, with the command line uh, and how open your ISP is to doing this. For instance, my my hosting company is a company called Pair.com, and right now they are actually... Uh, running a deal where you can have a movable type hosted weblog and instead of having it actually hosted uh, like TypePad, they are actually running the movable type software themselves. Mm-hmm. So on top of your regular hosting fees, you can pay them and you don't have to do any setup at all. So they just set it up for you? They do all the setup for you. WordPress, there's a number of hosting companies that do uh, something similar with WordPress. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm a control freak. I'll just admit that right now. I want to be running my own software and have control of my own destiny. It actually, they've made things over the years easier and easier uh, to install this stuff. WordPress, I'm told, is very easy to install. They claim a five-minute install, and it actually is the case. Yeah, I know in my blog. Movable type, if it goes well, it's not difficult at all. Right. On my blog, which is available at sarusfaravar.com, we'll have all these links up in the show notes, so don't worry about it. Um, but I'm actually using WordPress on my blog. I find it, one of the reasons why I switched over to WordPress is because it's a little bit lesser known. It's been around for a few less years, I think, than movable type. And as such, it is not as susceptible to comment spam, which I think a lot of movable type users and just blog bloggers in general um, you know, have to worry about, particularly if your blog is being read by lots and lots of people. But even kind of obscure blogs get hit by blog comment spam. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
basically, there's a few simple things you need to do if you want to avoid uh, comment spam. I get actually very little. Uh, the few main things that I can recommend is uh, install, if you're on movable type, at least, is install MT Blacklist, which is a free plugin, mm-hmm. and it works very well. Uh, and change the name of your comment uh, files of your comment CGI so that automated comment spammers can't just automatically go and create them. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggies, actually, what I found is clean up comment spam because, as far as I can tell, comment spammers go and look for other comment spam. So as soon as you leave some comment spam up, other comment spammers then come and add more. So it's normally the smaller... I've, I've seen an immense amount of comment spam at abandoned weblogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep up with it. Don't just start a weblog and then just say, oh, I'll leave it forever. Oh, and the other thing I can recommend is if you're on a more recent version of movable type, you can say after seven or ten days, close comments automatically uh, on older posts. Do that. And that will really clean up a lot of, uh, or avoid a lot of comment spam. Mm-hmm. Are there other kinds of maintenance things that people using these ones where you have to deal with the host and such, WordPress or a movable type, where people should be aware of things like that? Hmm. Just like, I don't know, updates or, you know, plugins or things like that that you might want to touch on? There's an immense amount of both movable type and WordPress plugins. And that's a lot of its power. Uh, the power of each of them. So research that, because I've seen people just do some amazing things, especially WordPress, because it is open source. Most of its power comes from plugins, from what I've seen, is that people are just creating things like mad and just doing some amazing things uh, to be able to make it not look like WordPress anymore. I'm surprised sometimes I see stuff and it's like, that's WordPress? Wow, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot running this plugin and that plugin and the other plugin. Like what kinds of things would you say that would really surprise you? Uh, for instance, I've seen sites that are just, just don't even look like uh, weblogs anymore. They're just using WordPress as a content management system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some very nice things that way. And there's just a lot of... WordPress plugins, for instance, if you want to do, uh, for instance, uh, image management, you can do a lot of that. It's not built in to WordPress, but you can do it easily, very easily through plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, are there particular plugins that you use on your blog that you find very useful in movable type? We actually tend to run, it's, when I say we, it's my husband and myself. Uh, I'm not just referring to myself as we. <laughs> um, uh, we tend to run a pretty bare-bones system because we're mostly just text-based. You know, we just post small things of interest to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the only one we really have gotten a lot of use out of, out of is Empty Blacklist, just because they have to, mm-hmm. uh, just to avoid comment spam to keep <clears throat> your weblog clean and useful. Right. Now, you talked about how 
you're just using it for text, but I guess a lot of people out there use it to put up photos and have it available with other types of media and such. Do you, can you talk a little bit about, in your article on page 64, you talk a little bit about the website Flickr and how it can integrate with blogs and, and people use photographs and blogs and stuff like that. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, Flickr is just wonderful. If you don't have a Flickr account, you should. And I'll just start off with that. You know, <laughs> And they don't even pay me for doing that. Um, you know, the money does not flow towards me, I assure you. Uh, but if you take a lot of photographs or you just want to share photos with friends. Actually, oddly enough, I've seen a lot of people using it for screenshots. You know, you get some weird error message or something or just some biz- some application does something bizarre. People are using uh, Flickr for screenshots, not even photographs. But you can put up all kinds of you stuff. You mean like just that. as his references? As a reference. Oh my god, can you believe this bizarre error message? How is this for a useless error message? You know, look at the way this was freaking out. Um... <laughs> But the nice thing is that Flickr integrates very well with weblogs. They make it very convenient for you to put your photographs on Flickr and then post that same image on your weblog. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very good about that. They're very, it's very straightforward. I know when I first started using Flickr, I thought that one of the best features of it was that automatic resizing was that, you know, because a lot of people have digital cameras and, you know, you take it, say, a relatively high resolution, but you don't necessarily want a re- high resolution when you're emailing it or putting it up in the web. And so you can upload it to Flickr and it will automatically resize in, a, I think, four or five, sometimes even more sizes. And the ni- it's really nice that if people want the larger size, they can get it. But you're not automatically sending it to everybody like right. like that. Right. So it's that's one of its best things. But you can put then the small version up on your website so that it loads quickly. But people can then click through and see the you know huge gigantic version of your cat. Right. <laughs> right. We should also say, speaking of cats, that that was something that sort of uh, came up in the blogging world for was cat blogging, bloggers would take pictures of the cats on Fridays for whatever reason. It was some sort of fad that popped up a couple of years ago, I think. Do you do that? It's, it's uh, from time to time. Our, we have a uh, cat, and uh, he's had a number of photographs of himself uh, put on our blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dory. Well, thank you very much. Um, Your tips have been very helpful, and I'm sure people will very much enjoy your article uh, in the next issue of Macworld. Thanks for having me. So thanks again. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bye. Bye. And that's our show for October the 5th. if you actually are inspired by the article or the podcast or have a blog of your own, if there's anything you'd like us to check out and link to and just share with everyone what you're doing, please email me and let me know, and I'll be happy to link that up on next week's show notes. Also, we're going to be having a special edition of the Macworld podcast one week from today. There's going to be a special event down in San Jose. Apple has some secret event. They're releasing some new product or announcing a new product. We don't know exactly what it is, but we're going to be down there. 
I'm going to be recording. So we're going to have a podcast up for you as soon as possible, possibly even as soon as that afternoon or the evening. But definitely by Thursday morning, we'll have all the news for you in podcast form. And you can check that out as well. So be sure and watch Mackerel.com. Watch your RSS reader for that update. Oh, and one more thing. We're going to be adding also to the show audio comments. So if you want to send me a recorded audio comment, please do. Just record it. doesn't matter what format it's in. Send it to me. Email it to me. My email is up on the show notes. So you can check that out. And we just love to hear from you. So please do send me email. And hopefully we can get some audio comments in the new tail end of the show. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Sarus Farivar for the Macworld Podcast. <laughs>